We are heading to the championship rounds. Going into the championship round. This is it now, championship round. This is the Championship Rounds Podcast, episode 8, and today I'm joined by professional mixed martial artist Aaron A.B. Aaron has the most incredible story. Aaron has suffered with cystic fibrosis from birth and has always defied the odds with his incredible one-in-a-million mentality, despite being told he'd never play sports, went on to play football at an international level and become the professional mixed martial artist we know him as today. Aaron talks to me about his entire mixed martial arts career dealing with cystic fibrosis, his life-threatening hospitalization, and gives a true insight into his mixed martial arts tagline, Biting to Breathe. This is my conversation with the inspiring Aaron Aby. I'm here with Aaron. How are you doing, man? I'm all right. Yourself? Yeah, I'm good, man. The reason I started this uh, podcast originally is I wanted to talk about stories that add some sort of substance and a, and a meaning, inspiring, and I think your story is definitely... Um, fits the bill there so you know your tagline in MMA is is fighting to breathe and that's reflective of your fight with cystic fibrosis so could you talk a little bit about what that is and how it affects you personally and sort of your earliest memories and experiences of of coming to terms with a condition so I was uh, diagnosed I think like two weeks in with cystic fibrosis uh, cystic fibrosis is a inherited genetic disease where you get two faulty genes, one from each parent, uh, which causes the condition. Uh, the condition affects the lungs, the digestive system, uh, your bones. Uh, so that was what I was diagnosed with at birth. And then my first experience of really coming to terms with it was probably when I was about 14, 15 in school. Uh, it took so long for me to get to that point to come to terms with it. It's, I think the way just my mum and dad brought me up and, you know, they treated me normal. They made me like be like all my friends, do whatever I want. Uh, I used to think that every kid actually used to take tablets uh, in the morning and have their physio and nebulizer and it was only until I was like 14 years in school we were studying biology where uh, we were actually studying cystic fibrosis and one of the teachers said you know most cystic fibrosis have a lifespan of 16 years old and I was like oh crap I've got that uh, so it was only then when I went home and started talking to my parents about it that really I understood what I'd had and what I'd been growing up with because growing up before that I just thought I was like every other kid yeah that that must have been really scary to deal with at at that age especially and I I watched a a sort of documentary on you on on YouTube uh, called Fighting to Breathe and I, I think it was your dad who said that they never let cystic fibrosis control you, that you controlled it. And I thought that was a really nice way of, uh, of putting it. And they talked a lot about that you've always been into sports since you were younger. And I heard that you were you played a lot of football when you were younger and you were pretty good. And didn't you make it into sort of Welsh development? Yeah, uh, I played uh, for Wales as a kid growing up. Uh, like with the likes of like Aaron Ramsey, Neil Taylor, Joe Allen. Uh, that was like my first love. My first sport was 
was football, uh, and that was the thing. Yeah, when when I grew up, it was you know it, it, we fibrosis. We never let it control anything. Uh, we we looked out for it, but it was always secondary to me and who, what I wanted to do and who I wanted to be. You know, the research back then and the advice from the hospital was not to let people with cystic fibrosis exercise because of the pressure it would put on the lungs. But we always went the opposite way and just uh, let me exercise, uh, do everything my friends did, you know, I was playing sport every night, I'd get home from school, we'd go meet up on like the park, we'd hang out until like eight, nine, just being physically active, playing games. and I was always actually the, the fittest in my group or the fittest in my team. Uh, and I think that come from an early age. It was, we didn't want to go like, because obviously my parents knew at the time the negatives of cystic fibrosis, obviously the lifespan of cystic fibrosis. So we didn't want to like follow that trend and just become one of those statistics. So we tried to do things differently. Uh, and I think that's what gave me an advantage. Yeah, I think that that's that's an incredible way of looking at it. I I saw um a post on Twitter earlier about a little girl with the same condition as you, and and I think she just won a you know a world title in kickboxing for her age group. So it's really inspiring to see that sort of thing. But in terms of your football, why didn't you? Why couldn't you pursue her any further? Did they sort of? I heard that they didn't give you a contract strictly because of your condition, and so sort of how did that feel at the time? And how did you? sort of reflect on that, that must have been pretty hard to deal with. Uh, yeah, obviously, like, growing up, and you always, like, you always think, oh, you know, you're going to be a footballer. Uh, and I was the captain of my team at the time, I was the top goal scorer. Uh, like, if anyone had to play for the older age group, it was me. Uh, along with one other lad, we got moved up to play for the, the upper age group, and then obviously just went in on that contract day. And to get to get told that was, you know, obviously I was hurt and uh, shocked from it. But you know, everything happened to a reason, and it pushed me into a different sport. Yeah, it did. And how did you make that transition to MMA? Like, how old were you? When did you first start training MMA? And have you always been a massive fan of the sport? Well, yeah. Well, uh, my uncle was taking a class, and he he started taking it for charity. And uh, for cystic fibrosis, and at the time, I was playing for Wrexham. I was living with my dad, and my dad started going. Uh, and like I started going with him, so I'd be training in the day, football, and then I started mixed martial arts at night. And then it was like once a week, once a week become twice a week, twice a week become three times a week. And then I just obviously found the love for it through that way. And the more I did it, the more I wanted to keep doing it. Uh, but that's how I got into it. Awesome. Like, so when did you first transition into taking amateur bouts, and did you deal with, like was did your condition pose any problems with that early on? No, uh, like I said, obviously I competed at international level in football, and I was winning cross cross country, and I was North Wales uh, three thousand meter champion. Uh, 
So I was always, I could always compete at the top level at that age uh, for sport. Uh, so I started competing like in like the grappling strike comps, which were like no headshots, which were like two, three competitions in one day uh, from like 17. Uh, so I started doing them then uh, while I was playing football and then the, just kept building up from that and then getting involved into like the semi-pro rules, which were headshots on my feet, uh, and then just building it from there. Cool. And I think it was there was a point where you had to go in for a bowel operation that I, I heard that went well, but then it was followed with some serious complications, including your lungs collapsing. Is that true? Yeah, so uh, when I was 21, uh, I started having stomach pain just one night in work. And uh, I went in and they found I had a blockage in my stomach, uh, which needed a foot of my colon removed. So when I had that done, after that, because of like the effects of the drugs and the morphine from the operation, that caused my lungs to collapse, uh, so which was another complication from the operation. You were in high dependency, and I think I, when I watched the documentary, you said you, you thought you were going to die at the time. Like, wh- How was it? You know, I, I can't imagine being in a situation like that. Like, What was going through your mind at the time? obviously tough I was told I, I wouldn't fight again and you know and stupidly enough that, that was one of the only things going through my head was whether I'd be able to compete again uh, but you just you just learn I remember I had a conversation and sort of like feeling sorry for myself and my dad was like you know suck it up uh, you're going to have to this is one of the first things I remember you're going to have to stop doing something for yourself and just start fighting it. Uh, that's the only way you're going to make yourself better. And I, I, from that day onwards, you know, I was at the hospital then a week uh, back walking. Uh, but that was like the change in my mindset. And, you know, because that's what I think sometimes you get diagnosed with stuff or you get ill and you feel sorry for yourself and then you just make it worse by doing that. And I think it's... It, Mindset plays a big part on health, a uh, big part on your lifestyle. So as soon as I switched that to being positive and fighting it like I thought everything else, that's how I got my recovery back and uh, started to aim towards, you know, putting goals in place that I wanted to reach uh, to to motivate me, and that's what helped, helped me get better. Yeah, I, I did... A lot, one of the main themes in um, that documentary on you was was your mentality, and and the and I think it was your dad who was saying that he always used to tell you that if you believed that you were going to get better, then that was really what was going to make you better. And I and I think it was your friend Mike, I think his name was, who said you know he was baffled by how positive you you were throughout the whole thing, and that all you wanted to do was get back to training, and when you when you were eventually back in training. That you had like a new mo- a new sort of found motivation, and you were even more technically gifted afterwards than you were going into it. So when you came out of it, was that whole um, ordeal just an even bigger inspiration to get back in in the octagon? And and how soon was it before you were fighting again? Yeah, like it's when I've I've had it all my life, like people saying you can't do this, you can't do that, and that's always motivated me more. So when people told me I wouldn't be able to fight again, 
that was that was just the motivation. Uh, and I think I come back more technically gifted, as as like Mike put it, is because of, I was just thinking about the sport. And also, like when I train, I'm always training, so maybe I need my body a little time to rest and my mind time to suck up new information by watching stuff. I'm still studying uh, the sport, and then obviously coming back with that motivation, being told that I would be able to fight again, uh, just encouraged me and inspired me to to push on and, and, and do those things, and then. Obviously, I think I fought nine months after the operation. I think it was. Uh, I had my first battle back, and I ended up winning. And it was a tough fight. I remember. I think I fought at 62 kilogram, and I was weighing like 60 kilogram, and my opponent missed weight and was weighing like 65, 66 kilogram. Uh, so, like from from the start, it was always a tough fight that the odds were against me, and he was, he was a good level opponent as well. Uh, but yeah, that was always a motivation, and and I like like you just spoke about. That's what the mindset brings. Yeah, so that's you know that's unbelievable. What a quick turnaround. You see people who have you know far less uh, injuries to deal with, and they take much more time off. So it's it's crazy how fast you got back in there. And so how long ago? How long ago was that fight now? And have you how active have you been since? I think I know you had a fight. Was it in September? Was your last one? Yeah, so that was uh, that that fight. First fight back, I was uh, just turned twenty-one or twenty-two, so I was still an amateur at that time. Uh, and now I'm, I've obviously had thirteen. I had a few more, a couple more amateur fights after that, and now I've had thirteen fights as a professional. Uh, so I, I'm constantly active. You know, I don't really take time off. I like to get like three or four fights in a year uh, I've had three fights this year I was hoping for four but it's not looking likely uh, and I think that's part of the thing because I don't get out of shape and like I live as a martial artist and part of my lifestyle uh, it's it's just not about the fighting so it's like staying ready and competing as often as possible so I think that helps me but yeah my last fight was September and ACB I've had three fights with them this year three wins uh, so it's been a good year and the last one I got to invent Avenger loss uh, which I, a guy I lost to early on in my pro career uh, so I got to fight him again and avenge that loss oh yeah that's that's awesome that must be the the sweetest feeling to, av- to avenge a loss like that I think you are you 10 and 3 as a pro now? Yeah, ten and three is a pro now. I had a couple of early losses early on, uh, and like I said, I've got to avenge one of them. Awesome. So, what in terms of your MMA career? What are your goals from this point out? I mean, you're ten and three as a pro. Um, you know, you've you're well known on that sort of scene that you're on at the moment. What are your plans going forward? And do you have any like ultimate goals that you want to reach in in your MMA career? Uh, obviously, I just want to keep growing, uh, keep fighting on the best shows, keep fighting the best people, keep competing against the tough guys, uh, and like I would just be a personal goal for myself. Just just the bigger stage I get on, the more awareness and the more hope I can give to other people that. No matter what setback, 
setbacks you get, no matter what cards you dealt, you know, you can still keep living your dreams, still keep doing the things you want, still keep achieving stuff. You, you know, personally, obviously, I want to get to the top, but I feel like my my aim and why I was put on this earth was to inspire other people, and I, I feel like, you know, that's why I was put on put here to do and I think that's the path I've been given is outside of myself just just showing other people that no matter what that they can still live a good life not feel sorry for themselves just be positive and just work towards what they want and I think that that's that's probably my main goal now uh, outside of a selfish point of view it is to inspire other people yeah that's why that's why I love so much about your career is that when you fight, it's not so much just, you know, whether it's the win or loss, it's the sort of what you're trying to promote through and that, like, your fight in the octagon is, like, it's a representation of your fight, you know, your entire life and what people go through. And I know when you fight, it always brings, you know, more awareness to the cause to people who aren't so familiar with it. I know that's how I um, heard about the cause. I wasn't too clued up on cystic fibrosis until I started hearing about your story and, and your fights and your documentary. So that's a really cool uh, gift that you can give. Um, so, yeah, so you, at the moment, you, you're still actively training and, you know, looking to push on in 2018. Yeah, definitely. Uh, and I, I think I find like I live as well. So I'm moving forward. You know, I keep, keep a good pace, relentless pressure. That's how I live as well. So always training, staying ready, and uh, yeah, looking for, I, I want to be as active as possible every year for as long as I can compete in the sport, and then obviously just build build the profile, build the awareness, and give hope to other people that way. Yeah, cool, like, I, I think that, you know, I, I'd love to see your, you know, your profile get lifted, and it, I think it's a story that a lot of people need to hear, and um, so, in terms of you know, one thing that's always fascinated me about MMA, I've been a fan for as long as I can remember. And, I, you know, I do a lot of, I, I train kickboxing and things like that, but I could never imagine, you know, being in that situation, being in that cage, and that, sort of that anticipation leading up to the cage. And mindset has always been something that's fascinated me about the sport. Maybe that's why I gravitate to it so much. So leading up to a fight, um, you know, through your training camp or the night before, how hard is that on a fighter mentally? And do you think that you know the battles you've gone you've gone through way bigger battles in your in your life? So do you think that helps you, you know, in a mental place leading up to a fight, thinking, well, I've come through a lot worse, so this isn't so bad. Yeah, definitely. I think like mental's a big part of sport, but it's also an even bigger part of life, and it's an even bigger part of a fighting condition. Uh, being born with certain scenarios, so when I'm going into a fight, you know, it's, it's not the same as when you're battling for your life or you've you had that life-challenging experience, you know, like a lot of people were talking about the last fight and there was, there was a lot of drama coming up to the fight, like some personal things were said, like, if I'll be fighting to walk, never mind fighting to breathe, and... Uh, stuff like that, but and people were like asking me about it, and like, oh, is it being pressure? And it just excited me because when you've been through other things 
outside of, of MMA and which are more important. Uh, yeah, you know, that mental side of, of the sport, which is, in fact, a fighting sport. You know, it, it definitely relates to fighting for your life and, and fighting a condition. Uh, so, yeah, I think that, I think it actually gives me an advantage. Yeah, definitely. I, it's you know it, when you look at the bigger picture like that, I feel that walking to the cage isn't such a big deal for you um, as it is to other fighters. But honestly, man, that's your story's incredible, and and I hope a lot more people um, get to hear about it. That's why I wanted to have have you on, and I wanted to say a big thank you as well because I've I've reached out to a lot of uh, a lot of fighters, um, and a lot of them have you know either not replied or been you know, a bit thing with me. So you're actually the first um, fighter who's who's given me the time their time to speak to me. So I I'm really grateful for that, man. Yeah, no no problem. Like I like I said earlier, it's about spreading awareness and giving other people hope. So anytime you want me on, give me a shout and I'll get on. Thank oh, honestly, man. Thank you so much. So before you go, um, where you know anyone listen to this on iTunes or anything like that, where can they find you? Or find out more. Uh, find out more about the cause. So you, you can find me on like Facebook, Aaron AB, Twitter, and Instagram, Aaron AB MMA. Uh, you can, you can, if anyone ever needs to give me a shout or ask me about specific process, feel free to give me a message. I'll always reply. Awesome, man. That's that's really nice. Like you're you're one of the coolest dudes I've ever spoken to. So honestly, man. Yeah. <laughs> And you, man. I'll speak to you again. So there we are. That was my conversation with Aaron AB. I'm going to leave links in the description with all his social medias, how you can find him, how you can find out more about cystic fibrosis. And I'm going to leave links to the website where you can donate to the cause. And please do. I'm definitely going to be donating. I want to say a massive thank you to Aaron again for coming on. This has been my favorite episode I've ever done of this podcast so far. And when I started out with this podcast, this is the sort of content I wanted to be making. And I'm so proud to be able to speak to people like Aaron. And I really can't wait to speak to him again in the future. So thank you for tuning in. If you're listening on iTunes, subscribe on YouTube. If you're listening on YouTube, go and subscribe on iTunes. Thank you.